<laughs> if somebody has, is texting you and you've gotten into a thing, stop texting. Call them instead. Get face to face if you can, because I mean, texting is just the worst possible way to communicate about important things. What's up, what's up? Anthony Bascalia here with another episode of the Clear Lens Movement, where I interview guests that inspire and educate others to have a more fulfilling life. If it is your first time listening in on the show, welcome. Any of you guests with perspectives in health and wellness, emotional intelligence, psychology, social science, leadership, and killer life experience that can inspire others to have a more fulfilling life. Today's featured guest is Tina Gilbertson. Tina is a psychotherapist, speaker, and author based in Denver, Colorado. She writes regularly for psychologytoday.com and has been featured in hundreds of media outlets as an expert on relationships and communication. Tina is the author of Constructive Wallowing, How to Beat Bad Feelings by Letting Yourself Have Them, a self-help book about how to handle difficult emotions at work, in relationships, and in life so you can make the most of all three. Here to explain an effective new way to manage anger, despair, jealousy, and other negative feelings is Tina. So now, Tina, as you sit in the gold seat during this interview, you will need a golden item. And I'm curious, what gold item did you bring on the show and what's it mean to you? Yeah, so I have this white and yellow Italian gold bracelet that I bought for myself a long time ago when I was unemployed and I was really uncertain about my future. I had been working in TV and I had just quit my job because I wanted to do something more meaningful. I wanted to help people, but it was hard to find a new job right away. And so I didn't have any income, but it was my birthday. So I wanted to get myself something. And so I, I kind of spent the money on this bracelet as a symbol of my intention that things would get better. I, I knew I would find my path and that money would come in again. And so I bought that bracelet as a symbol of that intention. And and it did work out that way. Awesome. Tina, that's such a smart thing to do. I would say, you know, self-care is is the number one priority. And yeah, you should always treat yourself, especially on your birthday. You know, you can't forget about you. And yeah, I love I love that strategy that you, that you used it as a reference that, that things will get better. And of course they do. And so I think that that is such a great, great golden item for the show. So now, Tina, share with the gold members listening in about what constructive wallowing is and why is it important? Constructive wallowing is basically allowing yourself to feel exactly the way you do, but not letting those feelings control your action. That can be a little bit counterintuitive, the whole allowing yourself to feel the way you do, because it can feel like, gosh, if I let myself be angry or if I let myself be too sad, then, you know, maybe my life will disintegrate, right? If I feel all these terrible feelings and I just let that happen, that's not good, right? It just sort of feels like that's a bad idea. But as a therapist, and I think other therapists will tell you this too, we see that when people really just allow themselves to own their feelings, it actually makes room for them to make better choices in life and not be controlled by those feelings. So I can give you an example if you like. Yes, of course. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So let's say that Anthony, you send me a text and, and I take it wrong. And I look at that text and I go, 
what's Anthony thinking? Gosh, she's so rude. And so I text you back and it's like snippy. And then you see my text and you're like, what's your problem? And then suddenly we're in this fight, right, Mm. over text. So true. Yeah. So instead of that, it doesn't have to be that way. What happened was you sent me a text. I had a feeling about it. When I looked at it, it made me feel a certain way. But instead of stopping and asking myself, wow, what, what am I feeling right now? I didn't do that. Instead, I just acted out and sent you a mean text back. But if I stop, in, instead of texting back, if I stop and say and ask myself the magic question, what am I feeling right now? Then I might discover that I am hurt or angry. Maybe I'm feeling betrayed or something like that. And here's the magical part. Just by putting a word to how I'm feeling, that calms me down. I don't know exactly what the mechanism is. I don't know why this works. I just know that it works. When you're having a really, when you're upset, if you can find a feeling word that matches that feeling and just tell yourself, wow, I'm feeling dismissed or whatever it is, that like it brings order to the chaos. It it takes something that just feels like a big cloud, big black cloud of ick and it makes it seem more manageable and asking yourself what you're feeling also buys you time so that you don't react right away you know like by sending a text back or saying something that you're going to later regret yeah ask yourself what you're feeling and you find a feeling word and then you have options about how to react oh it makes tremendous sense and i I'm always a fan of that that work and and picking out those cycles in life, right? Those almost negative cycles that we can get into and how quick they are to cycle out of control. Like you were saying, a simple, you know, wrong, rub the wrong way gesture is all of a sudden rolling into, you know, a fight. Like you were saying back and forth. Oh, you did this to me. I'm going to do that to you instead of, right. you know, being you know, that's just so reactive, right? You're just reacting to those yep. comments. And, and yeah, I've heard that quote, you know, be, be more proactive versus reactive to, to things yep. in life. And yeah, it's, I I would say it's just, it's spot on, but you know, it's, it might be just difficult if someone doesn't know, or is even aware that those cycles exist in life that you can actually take a step back and just, you know, wait for a minute and really assess what's going on internally. Yeah, there's a real power in owning your own stuff in those negative cycles that you're talking about. Because all that reactivity, that's just emotions out of control. That's people focusing on each other like, oh, what is Anthony doing? What did he say? What is he thinking? Why is he doing that? Right? The focus is entirely on the outside instead of what am I bringing to this party right now? Mm-hmm. And it's it's usually some kind of emotion that's just urging you to impulsively speak or act or do something. Yes. And so, yes, yeah, so that's why you, you call it constructive wallowing just to really, you know, be, I guess, in a sense, proactive, right? It's just being more, you know, conscious of how you're, you know, handling the, the current moment with the, the situation. That's right. Being conscious and also allowing yourself. I mean, wallowing, if you look at the word, is mostly allowing, right? It's allowing with a W on the front. Mm. So if you can just let yourself have those feelings and recognize, yeah, I'm allowed to be angry. I'm allowed to be hurt. 
But that doesn't mean that it's okay to yell at somebody, call them names, or do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So you can totally allow the feelings, but not allow yourself to get out of control uh, behaviorally. Yeah. There's a difference there between feelings and behavior. So what is the next step then, Tina? So let's just say I am caught in that texting battle with you and I, you know, you've sent me a, a message and it just, it, it caught me off guard and, and I text you back uh, with another, just, I guess, <laughs> just mean text that I thought you sent me first and, and then, and then you take yourself back. But how do you then respond from there? If you, you know, yeah, you're, you feel now question. hurt. So what's my next, what's your next step actually? you figure out that you're like caught in this cycle, you can ask yourself the magic question. What am I feeling right now? Well, I'm feeling attacked. I'm feeling vilified. I'm feeling ashamed. I'm feeling humiliated. I'm uh, resentful. Okay. So you ask yourself the magic question, find out what you're feeling that slows things down. But then as a practical step, and I talk to people about this a lot because I see this a lot, people getting into trouble over text or email or whatever. Stop texting. <laughs> if somebody has, is texting you and you've gotten into a thing, stop texting. Mm-hmm. Call them instead. Get face-to-face if you can because, I mean, texting is just the worst possible way to communicate about important things. Yeah, they really do think so. I think you're right because, you know, technology is awesome and it's definitely advanced and it made us a lot more like close as a society, but at the same time, you, you miss out on all of the, the verbal cues and the tones of voice. And I know we have emo cons now, but those, those can only go so far in terms of, you know, uh, communicating your emotion effectively. Right. And texting is great for things like, you know, pick you up at five logistical stuff or positive stuff. I love you. I miss you. But if you're getting into like, what did you mean when you said such? if you're getting into some real stuff that has emotional content, terrible. It's just a terrible way to communicate because it's so easy to misinterpret. You know, like you're saying, the verbal cues aren't there. You don't hear the person's tone. You can't see their face. So you just read into it. Yes. Yeah, it goes through a filter of what you're feeling, and then you assume they're feeling that and make all kinds of assumptions. That's awesome. So stop texting is the first thing I would say. Yeah, such a good, such a good piece. Yeah, so then, so stop texting. Try to get face to face, and then, yeah, and, and then just explain it from yourself, there. Yeah, yeah, and and if you've asked yourself the question, "What am I feeling right now?" and you've recognized, "Oh, well, that hurt my feelings." Then, then you have options. You can say, hey, Anthony, you know, when you said this thing, I felt really hurt. Did you mean that to be a hurtful thing? And you'd be like, oh, my gosh, no, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. Mm, yeah. And but giving it starts that, with yeah. me owning it, that I'm hurt. Yeah, I think that's an also probably something that I struggle with. I'm not sure. I'm sure other people do. But it's the mm-hmm. fact of like admitting that you're hurt. I think I, I grew oh, up from yeah. a pretty tough household and it's, you know, no one really ever. I mean, yeah, we we do apologize to each other. We do love each other. But that was never, you know, the first thing uh, to apologize or to just admit that you're hurt. It was always like, take it to the next level, you know, <laughs> you just keep right. escalating it. And that's probably why I'm so aware of cycles, because I can see how things escalate so quickly because I've just grown up in that kind of environment in, in essence. Yeah. And, and yeah, so I think that, yeah, that's something, something to, to think about. What a great point you make. And I grew up in the same environment. We didn't, 
even think about owning, oh, I feel hurt. I mean, that just wasn't part of the vocabulary. It wouldn't have occurred to us to say that. And if it had, it would have been weird. I mean, it would have been outside of the comfort zone of, of the people in the family. So, yeah, I mean, constructive wallowing, it, it, communication starts with you. If you get into uh, communication patterns and you notice these uh, these cycles and stuff like that, how do you fix them? Really, a lot of the fixes in relationships start at home with yourself. So if I can be comfortable with having emotions, if I can be comfortable with the fact that I'm hurt, if I can admit to myself, ouch, I'm hurt, my feelings are hurt, and and have compassion for that, it's a heck of a lot easier for me to admit that to you. But if I'm embarrassed by having hurt feelings, or if I think it's somehow, you know, I'm not a good person, if I... If I'm walking around getting my feelings hurt, it makes me a weakling or not a real woman or whatever. I don't know. If I have an issue with that, I'm not going to go to you and say, oh, Anthony, you hurt my feelings. Yeah. Right? I'm too embarrassed to own that. So it does start with a personal decision to say, yeah, I have these feelings and they're valid. It's okay for me to be hurt. Or it's okay for me to be angry or it's okay for me to be whatever I am right now. Yeah. Because if, you know, once you own it and can, can accept that in yourself, then it becomes easier to share with somebody else. Yeah. And I think it's true. I think sometimes, you know, I think there's different layers to, to the human experience or there's different layers to everybody. And if you almost stop on those like first fight or flight kind of emotions and you just label it as... Yeah. I'm angry and this is what I do when I'm angry. And then you like attack back. But I think if, if you just take a moment to go even deeper with yourself, right? Like you're saying and, and hit some of those real soft emotions of like, I may be embarrassed. And you know, yeah. what do you do with embarrassment? And you're like, well, people can hide from that and people can, you know, turn, turn the other way or you can embrace it like you're saying and just really admit that and just be like, Hey, I'm maybe it took me a day to even talk to you, but I was embarrassed. I'm sorry about that. But this is how I feel. Oh, yeah. Like the other day I was just, you know, not feeling what you were saying. And I hope that we can maybe talk that out or how can we make sure that doesn't happen again? Or, you know, using those words, uh, just don't mix well with me. Yeah, that's awesome. Just hearing you say that, I'm thinking about how bonding it is when you let yourself be vulnerable, you know, even if it's days or years later and you come back and you say, you know what, back then, here's what my experience was. I wasn't able to show up in the way I am now. I was embarrassed, but I want you to know whatever, whatever. How bonding that is when you share your humanity with another human being. Mm. I mean, yeah. I think most people react well when you show your underbelly and show that you're vulnerable because they don't have to be on the defensive. Yeah. As long as you're the one who's being embarrassed and making yourself open to them. Yeah, it's it really is. It's like it's probably the deepest like intimacy you could possibly get with somebody. Right. It's just like sharing your true you in essence, like because you feel them and you know you feel them. That's why you're in that situation. But as soon as you admit like wholeheartedly what's going on on the inside because no one can see that right and people can only see just the surface of you and right. there's you know that's only 10 percent. i like to say and 90 percent of your whole world and your whole reality is inside that you have to 
you know, for the best of your abilities, portray to people and let them know how the other 90% of you is doing. And if you don't, then unfortunately, they're only going to work with what you give them. And sometimes if you only give them those first level, you know, emotions like the anger and the rage and the um, those, you know, quick, quick tempered emotions, then that's all they're going to get. Right. And it's, it's all, exactly. it's all, it's, it's close as you can get to that person, right? You can only get, if you only give them 10 more percent of, of you, then that's all you can, that's as deep as you can go. That's so true. So right. And that's why so many people get called jerks or rude or a-holes or something. It's because that, that 10% that they're showing is just the surface of their reaction to to whatever's going on with that rest of the 90%. Yeah. And so they look really one-dimensional and just like bad people because of the way they're acting. And really they're acting from their hurt, they're confused, they don't know what to do. Yeah, exactly. It's so, it's it's just the maybe yeah, it's just the inexperience, right? Like everyone has, you know, still has that little immaturity in them. Like everyone is can constantly work on themselves and you know, I always like to say that too. I I try to admit that Oh, that's my, that's my little bit of immaturity still. You know, I might be physically oh, old, yeah. but I'm still a little immature on the inside. And that just might have been, you caught that. You caught my little bit of immaturity and let me just learn from this. And hopefully that we can move forward because that's not how I want to be perceived, to be honest. I um, love that you brought that up because I, it's, I don't know how many, there's no way of knowing how many people feel this way, but so many people feel like somehow on the inside, they're not quite fully grown up. And I don't know if anybody ever really gets to the place where they're like, I'm a total adult yeah. in every possible way. And I never feel I have childish reactions to anything. I mean, I really think that's part of the human experience. I think we're pretty much all in the same boat where we feel like little kids sometimes. Mm -hmm. So immaturity mm -hmm. is, is a bonding thing. Oh, yeah, I definitely think, you know, you can you always have a physical age, right? People know you by what the what the, the society tells you, you know, one year, every year, every 365 days, you get another year older and people kind of relate that year as like your level of maturity when ultimately you have like an internal age and an internal age, I would say is, you know, as old as you want to be, but sometimes you act as if you're six again on the inside. And, you know, that just kind of almost takes down, like, I feel like the internal age fluctuates and it, you can go back a couple ages um, if you, you know, you know, start to act like that. But definitely a differential between your external, you know, age and your internal age. Oh, I agree 100 percent. And, you know, in some ways, I think that, gosh, and I'm just thinking about this now for the first time because you brought that up. I'm just wondering, maybe emotions never mature. I mean, our emotional responses to things. You know, I'm not sure that emotions change. Our, obviously, our behavior does. Like when you and I were two years old, we may have done some things and reacted in certain ways that we no longer do, right? Like yeah. I don't throw stuff at the table usually anymore <laughs> if I'm upset with something. I don't know about you, but, you know, so our behavior changes. But those feelings, like the feelings you have, like, oh, I want that. I wish I had that. Darn it. Why does she have that and I don't have that? Or... Or, you know, something that might make you embarrassed because it feels petty on the inside when you, rip, when you feel yourself having an emotional reaction to something. You know, maybe it's okay if those emotions don't change. Maybe it's really our behavior that is the measure of maturity more than how we, I mean, certainly I would say we shouldn't judge our feelings. 
we can judge ourselves on how we behave in life. Certainly there's right and wrong, good and bad when behavior is concerned. But with feelings, I mean, my bias with feelings is that we really can't judge those or shouldn't judge those because they happen without our consent, sort of. We don't get to choose how we feel. Like when a friend gets a great new job, if we feel envious instead of happy for them, we, we didn't choose that. It just, wow, it just, this, it happens. Yeah. You know, and then we, and it's something we discover, like, oh, look how I'm reacting. And then we might feel ashamed, but really we didn't choose it. Yeah, it just, it was very automatic. Yeah. And so if you're not choosing your feelings, can they really be right or wrong? Can you be, you know, should you be embarrassed or ashamed of how you feel on the inside? I, I'm not sure that's appropriate. I mean, if, if you can be ashamed of your behavior, because at least in theory, you have control over that and you can choose good behavior or bad behavior. But you don't get to choose whether you're envious of your friend or you're, or you're pleased for them. It just kind of happens. Yeah, that's so true. And and yeah, I think it's it's those types of friends, too, that are so close that can even say that can even admit that they'd be like, oh, man, I was actually a little jealous of that. But, you know, it's yeah. I, I am happy at the end of the day. You know, that is the you know, I want to be happy for you. But I'm going to be honest, I was a little you know jealous of you because that is such an awesome thing that happened to you. And I yeah, think that's still just as good of a compliment. You're like, oh, yeah, I mean, thank you. Yeah, it is a compliment. And it's also a mark of self-awareness and friendship to be able to admit something like that. I just feel like from time to time, we all have emotions that we really don't want to admit to anybody because we just feel like, boy, if I told so-and-so how I feel about such and such, they would think I'm either crazy or immature or, you know, they would judge me because I shouldn't feel that way. No, oh, yeah, that's something that I definitely... Yeah want to want to touch on uh tina but gold members don't go anywhere we will be right back after a word from our sponsors have you ever wanted to change the world maybe you wish to see a kinder world well now you can with clear lens movement clear lens movement created glasses that have well clear lenses and they symbolize a person seeing the world with a fresh perspective free from hatred and stereotypes and treating others with a little more respect regardless of who you see in front of you Clearlens Movement is taking these glasses and passing them out to others in kind ways. Some people pass them out with a compliment while others leave them at the register after paying for the person behind them in line for coffee. On all the glasses, there's a unique tracker code. This code can be tracked online in real time. So start a Clearlens in California and watch it bounce around the country to New York or anywhere in the world for that matter. What are you waiting for? Head on over to clearlensmovement.com and see for yourself all the clear lenses in the world. Be sure to stop by the Clear Lens Movement store on the website and order your very own Clear Lens and join the movement. And we are back. Tina, we broke right before getting into the emotions. And and yeah, I, I really want to dive into that just being a whole nother section and and having, yeah, not to, not being ashamed of your emotions. And I want to know more, more about that. Yeah, so there's no evidence whatsoever that we can choose how to feel. Mm. We can choose our attitude. Uh, maybe to some extent we can choose what we, what we think about. I don't know. That's debatable. But there's no evidence whatsoever, and there's lots of counter evidence that says we don't get to choose. I don't know about you, but when my feelings are hurt or I have a bad reaction to something, I don't want to feel that way. 
I don't want to feel road rage if somebody does something while I'm driving. I don't want to feel that, but I do sometimes. So my experience is I don't lose that. Mm. And that's a really controversial statement, particularly in this culture, in the U.S., where we, you know, you can choose to be happy is is practically a national slogan. Yeah. I don't know what you think of that, Anthony. Do you have thoughts about that? About just owning or the slogan part? Yeah, about the idea that in this country, we there's this belief that we do choose our feelings to, to a great extent. And that if we're unhappy, we need to kind of look at things a different way. Yeah, I think, I mean, our country thinks of emotions as, you know, almost a problem. Like if you're out of control or you're, you know, feeling sad or depressed, you know, we got a pill for that. We have a drug for that. And you can just, you know, pay your $10 a month subscription to this prescription and you can be happy for the rest of your life um, as long as you're medicated and, you know, keep keep uh, buying from, you know, our pharmacies. I would say that our country is, is very like sell and, you know, one fix all kind of thing. That's my opinion on the, on the country, to be honest. Yeah, well, I totally hear you. And, and apparently, apparently there's research showing that for the, the majority of people who are sort of mildly or moderately unhappy, drugs don't really work for them. Mm-hmm. Not as well as for people who are severely like depressed and stuff. You know, drugs work for them, but not for everybody. But there's also, I, I encounter in the self-help literature all the time this kind of, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, choose the right thoughts and be happy. So this creates a culture of shame, like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm unhappy. I'm, I'm such a, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with me I'm not right. happy all the time? My assertion is that you can't choose your feelings. There's lots of evidence that you and no evidence that you can, even if you look at the brain, what we know, which is very minimal about the brain, the executive functions and stuff appear to take place, appear to take place largely in areas that are that have nothing to do with uh, or little to do with where the emotions take place. You know, it's like the limbic system versus the prefrontal cortex. So even physically, they, feelings and, and uh, decisions seem to happen at, in different locations. But of course, the jury's still out on on. Uh, how the brain works. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you think, if you just consider that, that maybe, maybe I don't get to choose how I feel about something, you can really let yourself off the hook and just let yourself feel the way you do and recognize that, okay, well, I have this feeling. I can choose whether to do about it or not. I can choose what to do mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. So like with the texting example, you know, where I get the text and I feel hurt. Let's say I get invited to a wedding and maybe it's somebody I used to date and I feel, I feel awful. I feel worthless when I get that text. Well, how am I supposed to feel when I get the invitation to the wedding? I'm supposed to feel happy for the, for the couple, right? Or something like that or excited. But let's say instead I feel worthless because I'm not getting married. Well, that's what happened. Now that I've got that feeling, it's too late for me not to have it. Now all I have to do is decide what to do. Do I want to share that feeling with somebody? Maybe, maybe not. I don't have to. Do I want to acknowledge to myself, wow, that that made me feel worthless. It makes me feel 
lonely and stuff like that. I mean, really, my only choice when I have a feeling is to acknowledge it or to deny it and pretend I don't feel that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would so agree with you. That is such the, the mind debate, right, that's going on, at least in my mind, in my head as well. It's you'll have these you know feelings that come up and it's almost like, oh, no, like I shouldn't be thinking that. Oh, no, like I, I shouldn't be having that. And then, right. you know, you see, you almost see the, that commercial that then like, you know, is perfectly placed. And it's like, are you feeling this or do you feel sad or, you know, depressed? You know, this is the one solution to this. And it's like, oh, no. So, like, I feel like that's like, oh, no, I shouldn't fall for that. But then at the same time, there's, you know, not many other outlets that we know of just yet or they're not as mainstream to go get help or there isn't exactly. as much education on how to accurately communicate your emotions and how to just like, do them with maybe just confidence, right? Just to know that like, hey, that's what I have and there we go. But I also think there's a whole other, you know, realm when you do put out those emotions and then what's just say they don't, you know, the person doesn't reciprocate that where they, they, you know, they judge your emotions as, oh, yeah, well, what about this? Or, you know, I feel I feel hurt, too. And and then it, it almost like starts another argument if you're not careful, like you really do have to just like stick with like, yeah, well, these are my emotions and. You know, I just, you know, felt hurt and, and yeah, if I hurt you, then I'm sorry too. Like, again, you almost just have to like really have to con uh, very actively, you know, express these. It's not like you just say it and then you're done. You can't just be like, oh yeah, right. you, you hurt me and then that's it. Well, you hurt me. So that's it. And I think that comes up a lot is like you, yeah, you did this and you should apologize or, you know, I'm, I'm not going to talk to you until you apologize. But in essence, it's just it's another conversation that you have to carry out and stay very present and, you know, own up to your, you know, maybe nasty things that you said and really just make sure both parties are are in the present moment there. Anthony, you're highlighting something that is so true about our society that that really doesn't get talked about much, which is how ill-equipped we are not just children, but adults in our society, to deal with emotions, mm -hmm. both within ourselves and in, say, relationships. Like, you're right. When when people try to express their feelings, first of all, we don't always do it well, right? And, then, and, and other people can get on the defensive. But even if we do it well, people can get defensive, and also people can go into fix-it mode, and they can do all these things that aren't really that helpful or that bonding. And so we just keep getting into trouble and getting into, as you identified, these negative cycles of interaction, all because we don't have this sort of basic emotional literacy. And it's not because we're bad people. It's just because we don't learn it at home. Most, you know, many of us don't learn it at home. We don't learn. Well, where, where do you learn, mm -hmm. you know, how, what to actually do with difficult feelings? I mean, that's why I wrote Constructive Wallowing. I wanted, mm. as a therapist, you know, I, 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 emotions are the currency that we deal with. And I wanted to try to offer something for people to do. 
in, instead of, of just kind of uh, flailing around like I did for so much of my life before I started looking at, well, what else can I do? And believe me, I still flail because a big part of dealing with emotions is recognizing when you have them and, and you know when they need to be dealt with. That's, that's not always easy because you can easily get caught up in the sort of mindless in the cycle, whether internally or with another person. Tina, this has been an awesome interview and I think very, very valuable. And I hope a lot of the gold members listening in got a lot of that. And and yeah, if you have any questions about this episode with today's guest or myself, please reach out to clearlensmovement.com and comment under the show notes page. Remember, gold members, life isn't how you fall, but how you stand back up that matters. So never give up. Thank you, Tina, for being on the show. And I wish you the very best in your journey. I had a great time, Anthony. I wish you the best, too. Take care. See ya. And if this episode hasn't inspired you enough, head on over to the Clear Lens Movement website and see the tracker map that displays the wave of goodness that is spreading around the world. From the tracker map, you can click on any pair of glasses to read how Clear Lens Movement changed that person's view after receiving the glasses. Become a gold member and buy Clear Lens Movement glasses today and start your own kindness movement in your city. To support more kindness and this show, go to clearlensmovement.com. Thank you.